What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. And this week, we're going to be talking about the Krilov versus Span card going down this weekend from the UFC Apex. 13 fights going down, last card in February. And uh, how are we doing this week, my man? Very well. Getting ready for a nice little vacation. Great MMA week this week. Uh, definitely like the whole slate, you know, including the Bellator card. You know, a lot more than last week's, but last week, you know, went pretty well for a lot of people, uh, for sure. Good, some, a few good live betting situations, I, I, I feel, um, and just overall the, you know, it wasn't too many like, uh, weird outcomes, um, but I like this card, you know, entertainment wise, uh, this week. So, you know, hopefully we could, uh, unearth some, uh, gems, uh, along the way. That is true. Uh, agree with all that. Um, last week was a good one. Track bets were good for me plus 3.6 units both money lines came through the parlay came through only bet that really lost was that uh elder and uh, nazim over which oh. you got uh, you got killed on as well i mean i don't think that was like a good bet or anything but it was also on its way to winning uh in just a few minutes so yeah. um, plus money over at a you know the 150 i mean i feel like both guys although it was a very high paced fight and there was like a knockdown or two they weren't like hit. They they were both. They're both so good. Um, especially Nazim. I really like Nazim's game. Um, that their defense while they were exchanging allowed them to not get hit. You know, really flush. You know, they were de definitely landing strikes on each other. But um, but the the striking I thought was a really good display by both guys and the mixing and the the, the wrestling as well. Yeah, if I was a banger, it's a shame it ended. But pretty crazy that all three judges gave Elder that round two there. I thought that was Nazim. Yeah, I, I had a hard time scoring that fight. I was like, man, you know, it looked really close to me. I didn't get involved live on it at all. I did have a little bit of Nazim, but obviously I had that over um, and it goes a distance on that one. So that was no good. You better, better be I had that, another fight. I had that. I had that. Oh, yeah, he'd definitely get another fight. I had that happen to me and um, fucking the Figueredo, uh, you know, him getting stopped with his eye. Mm, so that, yeah. that's two overs that, you know, plus money that were looking pretty good. And get stopped, you know, e literally immediately too, because Figueredo got caught with that punch like right at towards the end of the round. I don't remember when it was, but um, it was immediately over after they looked at his eye even a little bit. Yeah, the money lines were good for me though. Prochnio, I got a terrible price on Prochnio, but obviously he's still covered. Um, that Jamal was a crazy Emmers, fight. That Jamal Prochnio Emmers, that line was off by uh, a country mile, just crazy line on yes. Emmers. Thank there. you for that. I, I I ended up joining you when it got to above plus 150 i was like all right i gotta get in on this um and that was dominant performance that guy sucks that russian dude is terrible. yeah total total fraud i mean uh blatant and then these parlays i'm not doing one this week i'm not but last week's parlay i mean all three legs covered by a mile carpenter fletcher pauga um you know i found a little uh, i found my sweet spot with them so i'll be continuing to look out for them in the future but this card only two big favorites selecki's minus 600 suarez minus 800 i don't think a, a mal I, there's one minus 200 but every other fight 11 fights are like in the plus 100 100 and you know something range so you know a lot of competitive fights here definitely some bets to be made um and let's uh, let's get right into it. I already got some action for this card. We'll be adding more, but we're starting things off hot in the bantamweight division. Um, Jose Johnson taking on Garrett Armfield. Uh, the line for this one: Armfield minus one sixty, Johnson plus one forty. Um, so I I already bet Johnson here. I like him. 
in this spot. And first off, I'll admit the guy is a, a pretty terrible wrestler, right? Pretty much any takedown attempt this guy faces, he will get taken down. But it seems his fighting style, he understands that he's not a good wrestler and he focuses on how can I, you know, still win fights while getting taken down? So you'll see a few things he does. You you see him jump submissions from time to time, which isn't the best thing. You see him, you know, push off the hips and stand up, hit some butterfly sweeps and stand up. And the best thing I like about him is every time this guy gets taken down and he gets back up to his feet, he realizes that he's losing the round and he realizes that I need to make something happen now to stand, uh, you know, put something in the eyes of the judges and make something happen, hurt this guy with some punches. And that's exactly what he does. He he gets on guys and hurts them with shots. I think his distance striking is good. His clinch striking is nasty. And this guy just looks to put damage on you from, from bottom, from distance and in the clinch. So I just think this guy is going to be dangerous everywhere. Armfield, um, he looks like an an all right fighter. I think he's an all right striker, all right grappler, but I just don't think he's nearly proven enough to warrant this price on Johnson. Uh, he gassed out in a few fights. He doesn't really have a good track record late in fights, and I just think if for a guy to beat Johnson, he's going to have to have a good fifteen minute, uh, you know, relentless wrestling attack. And Armfield's cardio and his grappling is nowhere near proven enough to uh to warm this price tag so i might actually add some more to my johnson bet because the line is going against us here and uh what are you thinking on this one ozzy we're we're in cahoots obviously on the first fight of the night um you know love you know loved uh johnson in the fight against cartwright uh he came through there obviously it was a crazy fight but literally every fight that jose johnson's in is absolute chaos from the beginning and you know doesn't stop either it's a decision or somebody gets finished um and he's fought the much uh, higher level of competition he's got double the fights of garrett arnfield professionally that's not to mention he's got like a shitload of uh, amateur fights as well. And he just knows who he is and how he needs to win fights. Some people might not like it because they're like, oh man, you got to like dominate. You got to do, you know, you got to Khabib guys and stuff like that. But Jose knows, like I was in jujitsu actually uh, recently with one guy was like, oh man, like I'm not going to learn these kind of takedowns, whatever, because you know, it just doesn't suit my body type or I don't think I'm going to be able to perform it. And Jose is kind of similar to that. He prefers has preferred to, you know, work on his guard game and his bottom game. And one thing that you were mentioning today was, uh, you know, his butterfly guard. Um, so it's not only like that the guy's got like the long legs where he's like getting triangles, right? You saw that on Mo Miller or he's throwing elbows and he's kind of just being really, really hard to, to, to hold on bottom. He kind of brings those legs in and is able to also use, uh, you know, those sweeps either off balance guys to get back up or, or give them space or get the reversal, which you don't always see with Muay Thai strikers or, you know, long guys, right? It's like a, it's like a two prong, like, you know, um, negative right he's like a muay thai guy and he is really really long and kind of skinny um but he's used it to his advantage um and and i think he's just i mean obviously he's just way more dangerous than garrett armfield you don't win fights in the ufc anymore with you know i'm just gonna hold him i'm just gonna hug the guy you know from on top um and i just feel like it, it, it's gonna be a long night for him now garrett he can strike as well. So I'm not even too sure that it will definitely just be grappling because I think in the Mateo Vogel fight, although Vogel obviously was a really good grappler, you know, they struck a lot in that fight. Um, so I, I think he'll definitely mix it in. But like you said, his conditioning is not the best. His top control, I don't think is really great. He doesn't throw ground and pound. Like there's multiple fights that I've seen of him where he does get takedowns, but it's not like he's really looking to finish the fight, looking to drop ground and pound. I don't really know about his submission game. So I think Jose Johnson... I mean, could is really going to kill this guy. Like, I, I, 
I've been going back and forth with some guys that obviously feel that, you know, Garrett is, is a good side, but he's just not that reliable. Obviously, he is young as well, so I think maybe maybe he could be making improvements. But he pulled out his last fight. He had, like, a staph infection. You know, I think that made him go back and leave uh, Black Zillions for, or whatever they call it, Kill Cliff, for a little bit. Um, so I like Jose Johnson here. Um, I like him on the money line. I like him to knock Garrett Arnfield out maybe, potentially. Um but, yeah, I just think that he just has so many more ways to win. Even if the fight goes to the decision, I think he's comfortable with that. And I think Garrett's going to be really tired um, after after a little bit, you know, trying to control um, Jose and being close to him. And Jose just puts so many shots off on him. This is the first fight. Great first fight. I'm actually going to be in the Dominican Republic. So hopefully my boy Jose can represent for, for DR, keep us undefeated in the UFC, um, and, uh, and, yeah, get us on the right, uh, right side. Uh, of plus money on the first fight of the night. Yeah, we're really excited about this one. Uh, two more points I'll just add, though. Johnson, no scorecards, plus money. I just think he's way more likely to finish here. And, uh, you know, th this late this late round optics we see with MMA judging, I think, really favors us here. The last 30 seconds, 60 seconds of a round are worth way more than the first, uh, you know, few minutes. So I think some late flurries here are are, are good for us, you know, betting Johnson. So um, moving along to the women's bantamweight division, Haley Cohen, all in Perez line for this one. Cohen minus 125, Perez plus 105. Perez getting some action early on this week. Uh, what are you thinking about this one? Yeah, so I mean, Haley, she, you know, in her uh, contender fight, she fought a girl that I kind of think is a bit similar to Perez overall. Just, I mean, you know, uh, what's her name? Ribeiro? Claudia Ribeiro, right? Was, that was her name? Yeah, it was Ribeiro. Like Liche. Yeah, I misremember her name. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. She fought a Brazilian there. The Brazilian, she didn't have great striking, but she was a pretty good grappler and, you know, got it to the ground on a few occasions. Um, and, you know, Haley is a big girl. So, I mean, overall, I just think this fight's going to be close. So, you know, just because Haley is just so young. Yeah, it was a Lete, my bad. Um, you know, these Brazilians, though, they'd be having like four last names. Um, so, I just think it's going to be a close fight. Haley's really big, but because an athletic, but because she's so young in her career, and I don't know how developed she is, she kind of doesn't really uh, shrink together a lot of her techniques or uh, strategy, you know, too well. I do feel All In is more of a natural fighter and more comfortable. You know, she she does, uh, she is like fine with kind of like scrapping and kind of, you know, uh, you know, reversing positions in the clinch and, you know, doing these things where Haley sometimes just, makes like flat out mistakes whereas all in i just think uh just puts her like she's just getting caught it's not uh, necessarily a mistake um i just think that's like the level of fighter she is like in, for example how she lost to uh to stephanie egger so i'm not really interested in either side of these girls overall i would probably pick Haley just because i think that she could keep range a little bit um throw some throw some kicks in there uh you know, I, I'd only be worried if she got taken down here. But if it's on a feet, I just see a lot of clinching and all in not being able to win uh, on big margins. Uh, so I'm not going to be uh, betting on this fight or taking all in at the plus money. Um, but uh, but yeah, so just a pass for me overall. But I do think this site potentially probably goes to the decision. So. Yeah, I had to uh, I had to um, pass on this one. Um, yeah, I think the. I think the goes to distance is probably good. I think Perez has more finishing equity here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she's the underdog in the no scorecard markets. I, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, to me, Cohen's uh, main objective in MMA looks to be to push her opponent against the cage. 
And I mean, she doesn't really land strikes. She doesn't take women down and keep them down. I think her game is just really, you know, negative overall. And it leads to pretty much all her wins going to be like a close decision. Um, dude, the way that this woman got armbarred too in that one fight of her, she was like a huge, huge favorite, right? Yeah, K- Kelly Clayton, pathetic. Oh no, it was a, it was a, it was a guillotine. But anyway, she she got rocked with a punch there, and she got choked out. I mean, I just think that Cohen is is awful, honestly. And um, you know, Perez is you know awful as well. But at least Perez seems to have like an objective that, that she goes into every fight with. She wants to take women down. She wants to get on top of them, and she does that you know fairly successfully in most of her fights. I thought the Edgar performance was actually a, a pretty valiant one. You know, she came in on short notice. You know, biggest fight of her life against a, a fairly legit woman up a weight class too um so she just looked like she was out of shape for that fight and she was still able to you know survive some positions they fought at 145 yeah it was 145 yeah so um i mean i just think perez's game makes a lot more sense she's trying to take people down and get on top of them and with how bad cohen looked on bottom versus leche i think perez has to be the side here plus money but it's also it's also such a, a gross bad fight that you're probably better off just not placing any of your money on it but if you're feeling a little uh, a little risky on this one. I think Perez a plus money is the side. Um, and that's going to take us to a lightweight division next. Narulo Aliyev taking on Rafael Alves. Uh, the, the odds for this one, Aliyev minus 179, Alves plus 154. I'll keep this one pretty short. I mean, uh, Aliyev is a, a lay and pray artist. I mean, this guy takes people down and uh, he sits in guard. He does not pass guard. He That's like, like an objective of his is to not pass the guard. And I think that's actually pretty good for him in this fight because Alves, he's kind of, you know, a, a meme finish fighter. He he doesn't really do well late in fights. He doesn't have a lot of process. He kind of just tries to hit some big, uh, big uh, flying knee or something. And if it doesn't work, uh, maybe he tries to choke you out. But I mean, this guy kind of gives up late in fights, in my opinion, too. So I think Aliyev's just going to take him down and lay on him the entire fight. If Alves doesn't make a finish happen in round one, he's probably screwed here. So I think this is Aliyev, uh, you know, all day. Um, only thing I can see if for a betting angle is maybe Aliyev round two, round three. With how I mentioned, uh, Alves kind of quit. And if Aliyev just decides to throw strikes, I mean, I don't see Alves getting off his back. So round two, round three, plus 700, plus 1,000, not bad for Aliyev, but um, not much of a fight I have much conviction on. How about you? I love Aliyev in this fight. Um, the guy's 23 years old. This is my only This is my only bet that I've put in so far, minus 170 on Aliyev. Um, you know, I'm also probably going to add in in a small, small uh, number small bet on um, him just in itd maybe maybe a bit bigger than i'm planning on right now because um alvis has been finished he's got 11 losses and he's been finishing 10 of them uh so the guy folds the tent and i think people a lot of people haven't grappled with russians but a lot of times and you lock up with them you start grappling with them it makes you want to fold the tent and uh, and I think that's what's going to happen here. You know, Aliyev, he obviously his striking is not very refined yet, but he's got the Russian blitz, uh, you know, down pat. Like he knows kind of how to throw, you know, he, he's fine being in space. He doesn't mind it too much. And he throw he chucks some hammers out there. Um, and it's all to kind of set up the wrestling and the takedowns. And the issue with Alves is if you saw that Drew Dober fight, right, they're in the big cage there. And most of the fight after that, like, uh, initial burst, like when he kind of got the takedown early on and was holding on to Dober and kind of went for his neck and stuff like that. After that, you know, this guy's on the fence the whole time, you know, circling, circling away from Jude Dober and never really has the intention 
of kind of coming off the fence, you know, too much. Like he's kind of trying to just counter and stuff like that. But what's going to happen with Aliyev is they know this. Um, and they're just going to be feinting him, throwing some straight, uh, straight strikes, and then getting in on the takedown or the clinch. Um, and the guy went down from a body shot. You know, he got hit a few times in the body, obviously. He got kicked to the liver and then, you know, the, that left hand to the solar plexus. But, I mean, it just showed you, again, once again, like, the guy's a quitter. Like, he just, if the going gets a little too tough, like, he's not really, either the will to win leaves or, you know, he just kind of, like, his chances diminish so crazily that I'm just not seeing him guillotining this Russian um, this Russian is super hyped as well. They're calling him the next Khabib. And I don't think he's a fraud like the last Russian. And he's also not Russian. He's from, like, one of the stands. Which which <laughs> which one is he from? Tajikistan? I, have no clue. I think it's Taj- Tajikistan. Azerbaijan, maybe? No, I don't think it's Azerbaijan. It's one of the stands. I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's the, it is Tajikistan, yeah. Tajikistan, yeah. Um... So I like him. I, I think I think he's got potential in the UFC as well. So I think this guy's gonna pick up a lot of wins. I think this is a fair. This is the same price that we paid it when we had Drew Dober. And I just know that this guy's gonna, you know, stay safe on the feet, in my opinion. And he's gonna take the guy down. So, and I think he's got good cardio. So you know, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, I think he's good in this fight. I think the price is twenty three, bro. Potentially generous, but I don't. I don't think he's any good. By the way, I don't. Twenty three. He's, he's twenty three, Marshall. Yeah, but his striking, his striking sucks, and he he's a lay and pray artist. So I mean, his his uh, he's, he's got, got a lot like of seven fights. Day. He's got like seven fights, dude. Give him some. Yeah, practice. but but this guy's I mean, an animal, bro. This like guy you were talking is about with an Dar- animal. But you mentioned it earlier, like with Armfield, like this lay and pray style that doesn't win fights anymore. So it doesn't he doesn't um, need a lay and pray on on what's his name on Al- Alves after you know four minutes is he's not going to be doing anything. Is different yeah. from Jose Johnson. Jose Johnson's gonna be throwing up triangles, starting to elbow him, get up. Like this guy's yeah, but this guy up. actually doesn't. Oh, all, by the way, about this Aliyev guy, he lost that Gre- Grebnev fight. He he lost the last two rounds of that fight. Um, so and oh, Aliyev's already got, been Aliyev's already been five rounds as well. So he also got stuck in a triangle uh, versus Krykov and was nearly submitted. So I, I don't know this. I mean, like I said, I think he'll get past this fight, but this guy's no good. Um, so. Uh, next fight, uh, 155, uh, Joe Selecki, Carl Deaton. Deaton coming in on you, uh, short notice. Selecki, minus 600, plus 425 on Deaton. Uh, I don't know if I could speak for both of us here, Ozzy, but I, I just think that Selecki should win. Obviously, you can't bet him at minus 600, but I don't see anything from Deaton that makes me think that he's going to win or even really compete that well here. What about you? Nah, man, I'm rolling with Joe Selecki. Um, guy's hungry. He's, you know, been training for this fight, had to get it postponed a little bit. Obviously, Deaton's fought a few decent-ish guys. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and this is the style of fight where would I be shocked at an upset? Like, I'm honestly, I wouldn't, you know, because Joe, you know, he has some holes that, uh, that he's had to plug up. Um, and I'm, I hope that he has, you know, in his game. But Deaton obviously has plenty of experience. I would call him, you know, I wouldn't say he's great at any, you know, one facet, but I would call him well-rounded. Would you, would you, would you agree? Would you call him well-rounded, Marshall? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's well-rounded. He's he does he's not awful in any, you know, uh, form of the fight. He also, you know, is more experienced. Like I said, older guy. Um, you know, has gone to decision, has a bunch of submission wins. So you know, I'm kind of maybe liking this fight, but he also has lost to some guys that suck, like. Uh, Jonas Flock, like if he's losing to him and going to three rounds with Justin James last year, you know, I think is is probably pretty bad for him against Joe. But it, it, this is too big. Joe Joe shouldn't be minus, you know, 500, 600. He should be, this should be a little bit closer, I would, I, I would say. 
Yeah, it's just uh, I think he will probably win a UFC fight or two. But um, what's bad for him in this fight is he he's not a finisher. He typically wins fights via decision. So it's if if he was the type of guy to like capitalize on a selecting mistake and finish him, then he might have a chance. But uh, I don't know. I don't think he will. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure Joe is looking to get the bonus though. So anybody you know with interest. His subline not no good in one twenty plus one twenty. I'm, I'm, I'm very sure that he will. Uh, uh, get a back take. He's he's going he's going for the finish. He's he's looking he's looking to get a get a bump in pay. So, um, next fight is in the flyweight division. We got um, our boy Charles Johnson taking on Oday Osborne. Uh, Charles Johnson minus one fifty one. Oday Osborne plus one thirty one. Uh, what are you thinking about this fight? Good good fight here. Good fight. Interested uh, in it for sure. I was telling you right before we got on that um. I was looking at the Zumagulov fight again, and obviously it was a robbery. But Zumagulov definitely had Charles a little bit, you know, perplexed or you know not willing to commit too much um, with the speed early on, right? He was countering, you know, was really, uh, you know, intent on doing that. Um, and I could see the same similar thing happening here because Oday does throw some shots from awkward angles. He does have some power, and he's got good speed as well. Um, but you know, the line is coming in, you know, a decent amount here, and. I'm, I usually don't like backing guys like Charles when they're coming off a fight, a, a, like a dominant win, where the style, one suit was well-suited, and then the next fight is like completely, completely different, right? Like you, he, now he's fighting a guy who, you know, is big for 125, is more of a striker, you know, has, actually has a be- longer reach than him as well, um, is a southpaw. So it's just a bunch of different factors, you know, when you kind of got knocked down in his last fight, so people kind of probably a little low on him. So you kind of like, you know, mix all those things together. It makes me uh, wary of back in Charles Johnson. And now we're getting, you know, big action on the O'Day side. So I'm kind of feeling like my intuitions are right about kind of like this matchup overall. You know, Charles is only four and three in decisions. Obviously, he's got good cardio, but... He he kind of it takes them too long to get started sometimes. And, you know, there could even be a grappling path for O'Day here potentially. You know, he has shown some some takedowns and some submissions, you know, in the past. Um, and he has a decent amount of UFC uh experience as well. So I mean, I would probably I, I, I say I would pick Charles here and I wouldn't, you know, at the plus one thirty number that is getting down to plus one forty. Like, I think O'Day could be, like, small, you know, a little segment of value just because of how I think these guys are going to be striking with each other. You can even see in the KO line, like, O'Day KO line is not that much. You know, it's like 100 points difference. But O'Day by decisions is plus 500. I mean, I know that he slowed down against uh, CJ and uh, that Charles uh, gets stronger as the fight goes. But he could easily lose two rounds. And then you saw in that third round against Zimagulov, like he's not, he wasn't really pursuing the finish. So Charles, like I, like I think I said on a few times, a guy who I kind of don't love betting, that's that, that kind of style. So I think I would probably pass on it overall. The over one and a half got steamed. That's probably a good bet. But yeah, so what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I agree with a good amount of that. I uh, I just think that Charles... Um has a good a good equity here to take over the fight late um you know he's the one with uh more late fight experience obviously been in five round fights and oday um does seem to slow down i just think he kind of runs out of ideas as well oday is like a good offensive striker but i just don't think he's like that clever and he works into fights very well uh i don't think he'll have any success taking down charles johnson here so it's going to be a striking fight oday is the faster starter um 
he might provide some problems for Johnson here with just that, you know, that South ball style, that in and out style. Uh, and O'Day's quick as well. So I think round one will probably be O'Day Osborne. And then I would be looking to, to live bet Charles Johnson after the first round, halfway through the fight, uh, because O'Day, you know, outstruck uh, Vergara the first two rounds. And then round three, he was the one getting outstruck. And uh, I think he might have even got taken down and stuck on bottom there, too. So I just think that um, Johnson probably struggles early on here. But I just trust his ability to adapt mid-fight a lot more. And I think he will run away with it late. Um but yeah, that line you mentioned, what is it? Plus 500 on O'Day decision. Yeah, that's nuts. That yeah, that's nuts. I, I really think that, uh, I mean, I think, I think it'll be competitive early and I expect Johnson to take over late, but if it were competitive through throughout, um, that wouldn't shock me at all. And, uh, O'Day is the one, um, O'Day is the one with the full fight camp here too. Jar Charles Johnson is the one taking it on short notice, but I really don't think that really matters at all. Uh, Johnson just had a fight right after his fight. He went to Thailand and he's been training the entire time, uh, in Phuket. So I think he'll be good here. Uh, won't be, you know, uh, won't be affected by that short notice at all. So I think Charles here is, uh, is pretty safe. Um, Surprised by the line movement, though. I mean, people are liking O'Day. Um, next fight is a lightweight division. Jordan Levitt, Victor Martinez. Line for this one, Martinez, slight favorite. Um, at minus 120, Levitt plus 100 here. I taped Martinez earlier today, and, um, you know, I, I like starting. What I typically do is I, I look for, like, um, the most relevant fight from maybe four or five fights ago. And then I like to watch, you know, the fires progress. And to me, I saw Martinez getting better as a defensive grappler. I mean, that seems to be his main problem as a fighter is getting taken down. He gives up his back all the time when he gets taken down. But if you watch his past several fights, I think you do see that he is getting a little better. I think he's getting a little more physical as well. Maybe he looked a little chubby at the weight class uh, a few fights ago, but he's starting to, you know, come into his frame more. He's training at, at a, you know, kill cliff with safe side, you, you know, scre screaming in his corner, which is always good. And uh, Martinez's uh, boxing, I think, is is pretty solid. I think he's a much better striker than Levitt. I mean, Levitt doesn't know how to throw a punch. I stand by this opinion. He has no idea how to throw a punch. Um, so if you're betting on a fighter to win a fight and he doesn't know how to punch, you know, your 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 margins are a little thin. And Levitt, his athleticism is shit. His wrestling isn't good. His top position isn't that good. I could see him getting a takedown or two here, but I think that he's going to eventually lose it. And Martinez is just going to be doing so much more damage in this fight. So I just think Levin's margins are really thin. And uh, Martinez has a lot more ways to win. And I'm going to be betting Martinez here. Um, hopefully a little uh, late action comes in on Levitt. And maybe, uh, you know, we get a uh, plus money on Martinez. Um, but I don't know. Because I think the action is coming. Yeah, the action is coming in on Martinez throughout the week. So um, still, even at this price of minus 120, minus 115, I think that's good, man. I think Martinez should be closer to minus 150 here. So uh, what are you thinking about this one? You know, I also like uh, Victor Martinez here in this fight. You know, um, now he's had a, a big, a pretty significant layoff, you know, since the Contender Series fight that he won. Um, and that was a great fight, I thought, uh, for him. You know, he got dropped there by uh, some shots, but came back, you know, showed great cardio. Um, was sticking a lot of those uh, punches, you know, shows his takedown defense in that fight. You know, he's a uh, black belt under Carlos Diego Ferreira, so a fellow UFC fighter, right? Fellow guy in his weight class. I don't know. I think he's still in that gym or in that area, in that Texas area. Um, but overall, my issue more is with Levitt. Now, like, I feel that Martinez is a solid UFC level fighter. Like, I think he's not a top level guy for sure, but, you know, he's a scrappy guy that'll, you know, I think it's just solid everywhere. This, for me, is more of a fade on Jordan Levitt. You know, now you see in the fight against uh, 
Patty, he's, uh, you know, he's tired after like two or three minutes. I think there's like a nush. I don't know. He's definitely breathing hard as he's like working, implementing the wrestling, you know, but his issue is if you're not, you know, okay with him, uh, just laying on top of you and are actively looking to get up or, you know, even in the wrestling scrambles, he, he's not that sticky to you overall from what I've seen with, uh, you know, uh, adequate grapplers, right? Like, you know, UFC level grapplers. And then if you counter grapple him, right, we saw it in the Patty Pima fight. We saw it in the Claudio Polis fight. If you counter grapple him, typically you have success because he either is not maybe strong enough to keep his positions or he's more, um, he's like allowing you to do that. So he could hopefully, you know, counter your counter, but whatever it is, the guy, you know, I think is not, you know, is not as dominant of a grappler as either he thinks he is, or as he needs to be with what his attributes are. And on the feet is going to be a blowout. Like, you know, I think, you know, Victor is not going to look, be looking to grapple and do, you know, you know, be, be like Trey Ogden, like just letting this guy leg kick him for free and all these kinds of things. So I think that he's going to, uh, to look good in this fight. I think he's got way better conditioning and cardio than any of these guys really that Jordan Levitt has fought or Jordan Levitt himself. So I think he's going to put some damage on Jordan. I think, um, you know, obviously he could get a takedown and, you know, you, you end up in the body triangle and you're like, you know, it's a, it's bad news. It's not good. Right. The guy, the, the round could slip by very, very quickly there. Um, but you know, being that being said, that I said that he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. I mean, Martinez submission at t- t- uh, twenty to one, pretty pretty big odds, I would say, especially when the inside yeah, the distance, inside the distance is even on both sides of these guys. And he just got submitted. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jordan exactly. Jordan Levin just got submitted by Renick Cho. And Trey Ogden, Trey Ogden had him in a, a deep guillotine. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Like the guy, you know, he's if he's getting if he's tired, what is going to happen? He's going to go to his preferred area right which is the ground right and this guy's a black belt has good cardio and uh what does he have submissions on his record his grappling is fine he could definitely submit jordan levitt if he's tired so i'm gonna try and get a stab on that on on some of the onshore books hopefully when they when it opens up um but yeah i also have a little piece of uh, victor martinez at the minus 105 number i think it's solid uh he doesn't have any submission ones unfortunately but i yeah. but i still think 20 to 1 is good um, That's just a, a computer gen, a computer generated line. They go, oh, uh, Levitt, Levitt has six sub wins and uh, Martinez lost sub twice. Oh, uh, plus two thousand. Yeah, twenty you know, twenty like, one is a number that is put out there often. Like I remember when I put when I played uh, uh, Sanhagen over uh, Dillashaw submission. Our boy Pepe uh, hit uh, Yair twenty to one or maybe a little less, eighteen to one maybe on uh Yair last week. So yeah, that is a common number. Brunson stub over Till, I think was twenty to one. It was no that one was like twenty nine to one. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I like Victor. Martinez long long layoff. I, I I hadn't realized that that contender series was last season, not this most recent season. Yeah, super long. But uh that, that fight was good. I mean he got dropped in round one and then came back and then put on put it on Rosales in rounds two and three there. So that was a good good performance. I mean he's fought some decent guys as well. Like he hasn't fought like even in his regionals, like he didn't fight he fought a few bombs, yeah. but not that many. Somebody will be talking about a little bit coming up, uh, uh, Gonzalez. But um, next fight, uh, women's flyweight division, Gabriela Fernandez taking on Jasmine Jazdavidius. Um, some interesting names here. Um, Fernandez, minus 130, Jazdavidius, plus 110. Uh, your turn to start this one off. Banger of a fight in the women's flyweight division. What are we thinking here? Unfortunately for you and everybody else, I don't really have too many thoughts on this fight. Um, I tried to look at Gabby into Gabby a little bit, but then the odds started moving. And then I was like, man, like I got too much stuff that I'm doing this week. Like I can't be 
worried about this too much. But, you know, she came up through the uh, LFA, which, you know, I, I've said m multiple times, I, I like what they're doing, you know, in the LFA and kind of building up these Brazilian prospects of theirs. So they shepherded her along pretty well. Um, She's a big favorite in all those fights, but, you know, is what it is. Um, So she looks like she's got some good skills to her. Um, You know, I don't really, I'm not that familiar with the team and kind of like her overall background, but I know that she's a 93 kid. Um, and I know that Jasmine got killed by a Brazilian in her last fight. So, I mean, I'm just going to pass in the fight. I'm just going to enjoy it. You know, I, I do think that Jasmine has, um, some unique abilities to the 125 division, but in that last fight, she couldn't get anything going. You know, it's pretty embarrassing, uh, from her, but you know, she is fighting a girl here who is a little, a bit less experienced than Natalia Silva was, but looks to be in the same kind of mold a bit. So might be a tough fight for Jasmine. I'm hoping for just a really good solid strap um, and probably hoping for the 93 kid to uh, to reign supreme. But tell the people, I know you've extensive, you, you've got a lot of thoughts on this fight. So let us know who, what, well, what's the bet. First off, I have to uh, maybe take some blame for uh, convincing Ozzy to, to lay minus 200 on Jazz Davidius in the last fight. Um, that was probably not one of our better bets. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, Fernandez... She looks like a bad grappler. I mean, there's there's not a, a plethora of footage of her out there, but we have seen her taken down. And when she gets taken down, she lays flat on her back. She goes full guard. One time, a referee had to uh, had to stand them up because uh, her opponent was kind of just laying on top. Um, but she looked to me to have no way to to get off of her back. Um, so that's obviously a huge concern against Jazz Davidius, who is, you know, a decent women's wrestler. I mean, she's big and physical for the weight class. And I think I think she definitely is going to be coming in here looking to wrestle. I, I think that's a pretty clear game plan of JJ's at this point is her offensive wrestling. So I think a plus money for a woman who is likely the better grappler, um, that's generally a good formula to women's MMA. Uh, I will say, though, Fernandez is a southpaw, and I think she does have some decent offensive striking technique. A lot of her opponents, though, are, are, are complete bums. Um, so it's, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt. But if it stays standing, uh, Jasmine might be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, but, man, I just, you're, we're talking about a woman who has never really stuffed takedowns, who has looked bad on bottom, and is a favorite in her first UFC fight against a woman with UFC wins. So I just think that, that's a bad recipe. And, you know, every now and then we see these women get way, way better off of a long layoff or, you know, coming out of the regionals. That's possible here. It happened in Jazz, Jazz Davidis's last fight. But, I mean, if I if I hadn't lost on JJ's last fight, I think I would be definitely betting her here. But I'm I'm very hesitant because we did, in fact, lose um, in pathetic, embarrassing fashion in that last fight, too. So um, JJ is a side at plus money. We got a, a six-fight main card coming up here. So first fight is in the lightweight division. Eric Gonzalez, Trevor Peak. Trevor Peak is the favorite, minus 180. Eric Gonzalez, plus 155. Holy shit, man. What a what a fight we got booked here. Uh, I mean, some someone is fin getting finished in this fight. This line to end ITD is minus 400, guys. It's value. It, there's It's value. I, I, I really believe this fight ends by finish probably closer to like 90% instead of 80%. Um I mean Peak is has he has no skill. He has no MMA skill whatsoever. He he goes in there and just brawls and fights and I think he's probably the closest thing we've ever seen to just like a street fighter uh make it this far in MMA. It's it's incredible to witness. Um the say guy it again, has, say it again. What, what was that? Sorry. So like 
he's he has gotten fought. He's made it to the UFC while essentially just going in there and brawling every fight. Oh, peak, he, he, peak. Yeah, yeah. What, what um, is Peak the guy who's like raped some chick or whatever that Cody Saftik <laughs> was trying to get him like get get his parole like uh, lifted or some shit? Is that him? I do not. I don't know. We're gonna have to look into that one think, a little I bit think more. That's him. He has that look in his eye. He has that look in his eye. I will say. Um, but uh, see, you see it every morning, right? That look. No, no, no. I've I've seen it though. In 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 this guy, like Abdul Razak Al Hassan, has that look in his eye. Um, he was actually cleared on all charges. So for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> anyway, getting back on track here. Um, Gonzalez, though, I mean. I give him a lot of advantages in this fight, Gonzalez. I really think he is the better skilled fighter in striking and grappling. He has more skill or more experience. He's fought later in fights more often than Peak has. Um, and I think he's, you know, the better grappler. I mean, uh, Peak, he's been taken down. He lays on his back. He's, to me, he looks like maybe worse than a blue belt on the ground. I truly think he has almost no idea what he's doing. He ends up on top of Common Worthy a few times in that fight, but, um, Anytime Kama tries to stand up, he does because Peak doesn't know how to keep opponents down. He might know how to get on top of a guy every now and then, but he doesn't know how to keep them down. So I think Gonzalez has a path on the floor via takedowns and on the feet by just, you know, rocking Peak because Peak has no defense and just brawls in every single fight. The only advantage I give to Peak in this fight well, there's two, is probably cardio and durability. And he can definitely win the fight off of just taking a beating and coming back and dishing it out later like he just did on the Contender Series. But is he really a 65% favorite to do that here? I mean, he was the underdog in this last fight, right? Malik Lewis was the one who was minus 190. And truthfully, that pricing looked completely accurate. I mean, Peak got, you know, essentially knocked out in the first round, but somehow survived. And then Peak just took advantage of a gassed out Lewis in the second round. Can that formula continue to work? It could. It could definitely get past Gonzalez, but that that's going to run into a, a huge wall here at some point. So if you're, um, if you're really wanting to put your money on like a, a safe fighter, maybe wait a little bit longer to fade Peak. But I think uh, Gonzalez is worth a small bet. I mean, I see him as the better fighter. I, th I think he's got better skill, better experience. And, uh, you know, that at, you know, less than 40%, I think is wrong. So uh, I'll take Gonzalez here for a small bet. My friend, you started it off very well with saying, hey, this fight is not. Go what do you say? Either under and not going the distance, which one were you saying? Uh, not going the distance. Minus 400. I endorse it. Yeah. Guys, there is no reason for this fight to be on the motherfucking main card. And the only reason it is is because Dana, Sean, whoever, Mick, I don't, I don't keep track of who's in the 155 matchmaker, but he's like, they, he's putting his balls on the table. He's like, this fight is going to start off the card as a banger. Away, okay. And like you were saying, Gonzalez, man, he's 14 and seven. So he literally loses a third of his fights, but it's easy to hit the guy. Um, right. But you know, he's only been knocked out, you know, one time. So the guy's pretty tough overall. Um. It was against Miller when they were just exchanging shots. He's got also has some power in his hands as well. So what I feel is a um, like or, you know, a outcome that definitely could happen is these guys are just throwing leather in there and Peak eats a huge shot and he goes down because he hasn't really been. I mean, Malik, his the only fight that he has uh, fought adversity, in my opinion, was that Malik fight. And I don't even know what happened there. Like, I thought Malik was going to kill him. And I thought he was on his way to finishing him. And then he just got tired and whatever. Um, 
So, you know, I kind of think Peak eventually, like, maybe he's just going to be able to, uh, to, to, to goad um, Eric into just kind of overcommitting to some stuff and then maybe clobbers him with a few shots and maybe gets the second knockout of his career. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I actually think, you know, when you're saying doesn't go the distance, I agree with you, minus 400. But the under two and a half, one and a half, you know, I don't know if this fight's going to finish in the first round. But if it does, um, I don't really care that much either. So <laughs> now, I have a I have a theory is that this is either going to end in the first round or whoever wins the first round will lose in the second round. So if any if any guy is like starting strong here, they're probably not going to sustain it and they're probably going to get finished in the next round. Seems legit. I mean, they're going to probably go ape shit crazy in the first round so don't i'm not i'm not laying one set on this prop zero i have a prop um gonzalez ko1 plus 800 i mean like peak was basically knocked out in round one in his last fight and now they're saying that you know gonzalez only has an 11 chance to to replicate that i mean i just think that 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 uh gonzalez is being a southpaw he's kind of big and long i think that Peak Peak might have never seen a southpaw in his life before. Not in um, Alabama. So. They don't they don't let you write with your left hand in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Um actually I you know I I'm, Malik Lewis might be a southpaw, honestly, but <laughs> I think uh, besides a... that. But I he definitely got clipped with like a left hook, uh the the one that punched that rocked him. But um yeah, a next fight, welterweight division, Mike Malott, Johan Lionese. Uh, the odds for this one, Malat minus 210, Lionese plus 180. I have a feeling you're not going to have much conviction here, uh, but w- w- any thoughts? That's fired. Yeah, I mean, all Canadian affair we got going on here. Um, you know, and it's a it's one between two guys like Malat, you know, been hard to, to figure this guy out overall for me. Uh, in his UFC career, and even before, I think I, I think I bet that ju- the 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 Israeli guy against him, and he got guillotined like twenty seconds. But you know, Malat, I mean, he's he's big, he's really pale, but he's he's big, long, you know, pretty strong. I think at the one seventy weight class, mixes up some of the strikes pretty well. And the wrestling, I mean, he's he is what I would call a submission grappler. Like literally, you know, when when I say that, people are like oh, obviously, but what I'm saying is. Once he gets his hands on you and you guys are in grappling in the grappling realm, he is looking for the submission at all times. And I've noticed this as a person myself who trained from a young age of grappling is that it's tough. Like you, you kind of get like segmented off, you know, early in your how you're learning jujitsu. So there's some guys that their brain just doesn't work well for looking for finishes in terms of their grappling because they kind of just think it too much of control. Whereas people that are more seasoned on the ground and naturals, they're kind of thinking they're like every position is a potential submission. And I feel Johan, he, his grappling is, he's like a, he, he's like a lunk. Like he, he just doesn't uh, link uh, things together in the grappling and his grappling pace is, is really, really low. So that's why, even though Malat might struggle at some points, I think if he ever does get this grappling, it's going to be quick to uh, dominant or very dangerous positions on Johan. Because Johan, he just, the speed on the ground for him, it just, it's like, you ever seen Dance Dance Revolution, Martian? It's just, he, you ever went against like an Asian guy? You just can't keep up with him. It's just impossible. And that's what's going to, that's mm. what's going to happen here. Mike Malat is the Asian in Dance Dance Revolution. And uh, Johan Lyonese is the fat out of shape, 
you know, you know, a guy who maybe danced a little bit, you know, maybe like five, six years ago. But once they do get on that, uh, you know, you, you lock in on the game, you know, you end up uh, submitting. So I think that's what's going to happen. I like late Malat by submission specifically. Not great price. Oh, actually, 11 to 1, third, second round submission, and 14 to 1, third round submission. So that's pretty good. So I, I think one of those two is what I would prefer here. Um, I just think that Malat, you know, I think I know you're going to knock him on his cardio just because it's unproven. But Johan does not bring out a lot of cardio out of guys. So I think uh, Malat should be good here to win. Yeah, I mean, this is this fight has a lot of uncertainty to it. Um, you know, Lionese, let's start with him. He's a he's a striker who who gasses out, right? I mean, his last fight against Weeks, um, you clearly saw that he was trying to stick and move and retreat because he gassed out really badly in his last fight against uh, Gate Green and got knocked out. And he he definitely looked like he was trying to adapt his fight style. And you know, credit to him, it, it worked. He you know he etched out a, a split decision there. That fight, that, fight that fight was terrible. That fight was terrible. Awful. And Weeks has an argument for winning that fight. For sure, yeah. Um, the second, I mean, third round was a toss-up. Not, not much happened. But I mean, still for Lionese, like he, that was a success for him. I mean, he managed his cardio better. He got, he got his first uh, decision win. I think no, not his first. Um, he's actually three and zero in decisions. So this guy, he, he is a gasser. He does slow down, but like you know, he's three and zero in decisions. And if you're talking about, uh, if you're if you were betting against Lionese, you would want a guy who's proven to come on late in rounds two and three. Mike Malott hasn't been in a round two in MMA since 2015. I know he hasn't had a lot of experience. He's only had, I think, three or four fights, but they're all really quick fights with without a whole lot of adversity. And just watching him strike versus Mickey Gall, man, I thought it was ugly. I thought that whenever Mickey Gall came forward and, and unleashed a combination of punches, they would land and, and almost look to, to, to hurt Mallet. I think Mallet's um, defense is bad, and I think his durability is bad as well. You saw, um, you know, uh, Gall put him in a little bit of a, a problem, and uh, Solomon Renfro also dropped him early his on there. His power looked uh, good, in, though, in that fight against it did. Gall. I, yeah, didn't think, that, I didn't think he hit that hard. Yeah, I know I Mickey. Go, I know Mickey Gall's got a hard ass head. Yeah, I mean he that that is one thing he did he did have some good snap to his punches, um, but I don't I just don't think he has a, a whole lot of striking process. Honestly, I think he got kind of fortunate that Gall was you know rushing into the pocket recklessly and he was able to counter that. But I, I kind of think the striking is going to be a very like low volume. Uh, you know, tepid striking. Maybe one guy can, will land a big shot and, and rock each other and um, finish the fight out of nowhere. But I think the you know there's going to be a lot of wasted time and movement in this fight where they're both kind of just feeling each other out. So I think the over one and a half is uh, is good here. Um, I just think that uh, I think that Mal probably will take over. I mean, he is you know young. He does look like a pr a pretty good athlete. Um, but how is he? Maybe like 32 or something. I mean, 31, 31. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's just it's minus 210 for a guy who hasn't been out of round one in seven years. So I just don't know how anybody is comfortable laying 67 percent or more when we have no fucking clue what this guy is going to look like. In hey, Johan also usually comes out, you know, he comes out even in the CFFC fights that I saw of his. He usually has a good first round. Obviously, against in this contender yeah. fight, right? He won by first round knock. He's got a few first round knockouts. So, I mean, like I said, I like them a lot late props, and then potentially getting in on him live, uh, depending on how that first round goes.
Yeah, but uh, but I guess but the point I did mention earlier is I I think we saw a big change in Lionese's fighting style after gassing out and getting knocked out versus Green. I think he's he's now trying to be like a a, a fifteen minute striking decision type of fighter. So, um, you got Johan. You're betting Johan. Uh, I think he's the side for sure. I mean, I think I I, I think I'm maybe a small bet because, like <clears> you said, I think you can trade out from a lot live. Th- those late sub props aren't bad from a lot. Um, but man, why why are they, why are they making the Canadians fight each other here? There's like so we need 15... to do, bro. We don't we don't need any of those guys in the UFC. Yeah, that's true. They are, they all are pretty bad, honestly. So, um, <laughs> main next Wait, fight. Yo, uh, do you remember when people when they were talking about like Charles Jordan? They were like, man, Jordan, he's gonna be we we he gonna be top ten. It's like, bro, are you guys even Dewa even Dewadu didn't dude didn't. Canadian Canadian fans are the most delusional, dude. They're like they literally actually think like these guys. They've had they've had two good fighters, George St. Pierre and Elias Theodoro. That's it. None. Actually, Random Marcos. R.I.P. Random Marcos is is dope. I I thought we were. Um, Speaking of women, speaking of women, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Random Marcos won her last fight as an underdog. So put some respect on her name. Um, Women's flyweight division: Tatiana Suarez, long layoff. Moving up in weight here, Montana De La Rosa, Suarez, huge favorite, minus 800, De La Rosa, plus 550. Um, so just based on the fact that Suarez is coming off of a three-year layoff, um, she's moving up in weight, um, you, can't be, you can't be even considering even parlaying her in this spot. I mean, it's, it's, it's too uncertain. Um, also, I mean, neck injury, long layoff, moving up in weight class. That's three intangible factors that you know kind of put some pause in uh trusting suarez here um i mean i I, she's a she's a chain wrestler though i mean i mean women cannot defend chain takedown attempts i mean there are very few women who can defend take take takedown attempts at all and there are none that can defend chain takedown attempts um so and also no women are capable of of learning footwork and being able to circle off the cage. So um Suarez will probably um you know if she's still on her form uh you know pre-injury she'll probably you know make a make a really solid run here at 125. Um I mean uh, De La Rosa is fine everywhere but you know what what's what's she going to do here? What is what is De La Rosa going to do besides survive? Um I don't think that she's going to have any uh, opportunities to actually take over and start winning the fight the only bet i think that you could possibly fathom here is over or under two and a half rounds or gtd or itd and for uh for de la rosa or i mean for suarez i think the the gtd is the side here i mean she's coming off the layoff um she might be a little uncertain of her gas tank here at this new weight class and um you know there were times you know nina Ansaroff survived her nina Ansaroff got back up to her feet and uh, she put Alexa Grasso and uh, Asparza in really bad spots like mountain back take, but she actually didn't get many dominant positions at all on uh, on Nina Ansaroff. So I think uh, De La Rosa, I mean, excuse me, Suarez decision maybe, or uh, just over two and a half is the only bet I can see here. But man, I don't know. I can't even I can't even bet on this fight or get excited for it in any fashion. How about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't have too many thoughts on the fight overall. You know, I'm glad to see Tatiana back. Like you said, she has uh, some skills that are very unique for the women's division. Um, she also trains with Northeast, the, you know, the best grappler, one of the best grapplers in MMA, and, and it's her boyfriend and Patchy Mix. So, you know, I think she's been refining her game. You know, I actually think the, the weight class move up for her is good because, I mean, she's a long girl. She's obviously very strong. She's obviously 
um, cut a lot of weight or, over the course of her career. And just moving up to the 125 weight class, I think is fine. I don't think she's going to have too much issues, especially with a girl like Montana De La Rosa. Like, Montana's not very strong. She's a grappler herself. But like you said, I mean, depending on how Tatiana fights, like, could the f- fight become, like, a little bit closer? Like, I don't think so, just because she, you know, she usually just uh, wrestles, like, really, really uh, intent, like, with a lot of intent. Um, but I don't like the GTD. Like, I don't want to rely on Montana, you know, kind of look like Montana's getting cut after she loses this fight. Um, and that's the only reason I think they made it as well to give her to give Tatiana a good, uh, uh, easy welcome quote-unquote easy welcome into the weight class um so i kind of like tatiana uh, by submission here but i don't think i'm gonna bet it well at what odds the odds are like shitty aren't yeah they? i know i know i'm just saying what are they uh two 275 yeah that's actually not as bad as i would have expected just you know i i know when people say the physicality stuff but i think what is more of a factor and we've seen it in the men's divisions as well and we haven't seen as many women you know, fluctuating in the weight classes is like the, the speed of which Tatiana, I think, is going to be moving around Montana and uh, looking to, to chain these takedowns is just going to be something that Montana's never felt before, literally. So um, I'm hoping Tatiana could get a finish here. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that would make it interesting. And I think that, you know, sub is definitely better than KO at this price. Uh, De La Rosa is a tough woman. I mean, Araujo and uh, Lee beat her up pretty badly and, you know, she didn't quit. Uh, Mario Bueno Silva teed off on her late and she stayed in there. So I think if she's losing dominantly, it's not going to be a TKO. It'll, it'll show you out the neck or something. So that's not, that's not bad. Maybe a sub two, three for Suarez. If they have that, that combo prop on, on uh, FanDuel. Um, next fight, heavyweight division, Augusto Sakai, Dante Mays, uh, Sakai minus 135, Mays plus 115. Some, some goofy line movement going on here. Not sure what's really happening, but uh, let me hear your thoughts. Lada, one sec. Yeah, a lot of action coming in on Sakai, and I really don't know like what would cause someone with conviction to go on Sakai. And what I think is the main factor is like that memory that Don tell me is left in all of us. And for me, let me tell you, Martian, that was a memorable night for me, and still. The fact that Dante Mays did what he did is like one, probably the the standout from that night. Because who the hell goes for that takedown? That like you know step in like kind of like trip him behind like with your hip thing that he did against a 260 pound Olympic wrestler. Would do that only Dante Mays would do that. And this is a fascinating fight because Sakai he's only been getting finished right, but he's been getting finished obviously with the top end of the division but now he fights a guy who's really athletic kind of well-rounded trains at a gym that actually has heavyweights including uh the guy who's moving up to heavyweight john jones so i would assume that fucking uh dante Mays is allowed to train with john jones and wall harris and all these guys he's got to be in that camp right i would think um yeah i've seen pictures yeah okay so you know and Dante Mays like we all thought Dante Mays would beat Hamdi because we're like all right he's got like the long striking game he should you know he should be able to go three rounds so I mean just overall I like Dante in this fight at the plus money because he you know he's got the reach he's long his wrestling and grappling obviously look better right these are all things that we said going into the Hamdi fight mind you but this is a completely different fight so that's why I'm kind of not as like 
oh, like, you know, I can't can't do it and stuff like that just because he burned me last time. Because Sakai, like, I feel like his hands aren't as accurate as they used to be. Like, he, he's a little bit tr uh, more trigger shy. He doesn't throw as many kicks. And Dante, you know, has, has that reach advantage on him as well. And then if they start grappling, I feel that Sakai, like, although he has jujitsu, like, his motor is horrible. Like, this guy's just fat, slow. He's like a panda in there. He's fat, slow. And I don't know. I don't like Sakai, dude. I've been bet I've been betting against Sakai for forever. Even when he burned me, like I had him. I I think I faded Sakai. Oh yeah, I'm looking at this now. I faded Sakai in every fight, unfortunately, except for the Rosa Strike fight. Literally every other fight, uh, including a t back when you go to back to uh, Andre Arlovsky, I've been against him in every fight, and I'm not changing that right now. So plus one thirty now on Mies. I also like the over a little bit, just because I think that uh, Sakai. Is not going to finish Dante Mays. Dante Mays is pretty hard to get out of there. You know, I feel. And the only time he's really finished someone early is uh is Tybora. He just caught him kind of cold. So I like Dante. I like the, the over as well. So I also probably like Dante by decision here as well. So let's go Dante. Get back on the winning side, brother. Yeah, I agree with uh, pretty much all that, except uh, I'm not going to be taking the over here. I do think that it'll probably go over, um, but I also think that if Sakai is winning the fight at all, it will be catching Maze and knocking him out. In, yeah, but Maze is like, the kind, he'll like start ducking away and running away. Like Maze is not going, he's not go out on my shield kind of guy. So I will say that about him. He's not going to like, yeah. if he's losing, he's not going to be like, all right, I'm going to bite the mouthpiece. Like he's, if Sakai is storming him, Running away. Yeah, I know what you mean. Dantel's yeah, run away, dude. Just like Hamdi. But I mean, he ran away from Hamdi yeah. a few times. <laughs> he did. But it was, yeah, that was still ugly. I mean, the fact that he even got rocked there was, was. I mean, I don't even know what the hell happened. That was kind of like a slip and Hamdi capitalized on it. But, um, I mean, I, so I just don't want to, I don't want to double up on Maze and the over. And then if Sakai hits his win condition, which is uh, to me an early KO, I don't want to take a double loss. Um, because I mean, if this goes over one and a half, and I really think it should be Maze. I mean, I mean, like you were talking about fading Sakai. If we look at Sakai's like run that he's on, so he's been knocked out four fights in a row. Let's get that through everyone's mind, right? Four knockouts in a row. Um, before that, Ivanov split decision. You know, he grabbed the fence at a, a key time in the fight and won the fight off of that fence grab. Uh, the you know Tabura KO sixty seconds. Arlovsky split decision. Chase Sherman knockout. So I mean. Dude, his whole UFC run is very fortunate. Uh, you know, if you know if that Arlovsky split doesn't go his way and that Ivanov split doesn't go his way, he might have been out of the UFC a long time ago. But um, I will say though, he is only thirty-one somehow. You you think this guy's a lot older, so maybe we're writing him off too early. But to me, uh, any guy that I think it will attempt takedowns against Sakai, I think should be the favorite because Sakai's defensive wrestling sucks and he will, he can't separate distance. He might be able to stand back up from a two, a takedown or two, but he can't break the guy's grip. So I think Mays should be able to take him down and keep dragging him back down. Just like Spivak was able to do. And even on the feet, man, if these guys stay and kickbox with each other for 15 minutes, uh, I'm, I'm, I think it could go either way. I'm not even sure Sakai is the favorite if it stays striking. I think, you know, Maze's in and out style, a lot of that long, you know, Jackson wink type of striking, uh, might just, you know, uh, kind of frustrate Sakai and win, win the minutes here on the feet. So I think Sakai has potential to maybe win the striking and then has, you know, massive potential to win the grappling. So let's just hope Maze is intelligent enough to actually wrestle in this fight. 
And, um, you know, I mean, please he wrestled. Please don't uh, tell. Please don't yeah. tell. Please. We need it. I might have to message him with the game. They're those stupid because... ass fucking trips either, bro. Double legs and single legs. Let's let's do yeah. those. He better have learned his lesson. I, bro, but you, good point about John Jones. He's definitely got like some good good aura in the air right now at uh, at Jackson Wink. Um, and that's gonna take us to the co-main event, middleweight division. Andre Muniz, Brendan Allen, probably the best fight on the card. This is actually a sick matchup. Uh, in the middleweight division, the odds for this one have Muniz minus two twenty eight, Brendan Allen plus one ninety three. Action steadily coming in on uh, Andre Muniz these past few weeks, and um. I understand why I actually think the, the pre-fight line is right uh, because, uh, you know, to me, I think the fight comes down to Brendan Allen sucks at defending single legs and Andre Muniz is pretty good at hitting single legs. I mean, M- Jacob Malkoon destroyed uh, Brendan Allen with just a single leg takedown. That's all he needed. And Malkoon's top game isn't that good. So when you add the fact that Muniz uh, has, you know, that good single leg as well, and then just has, you know, incredible jujitsu to go along with it. I think he's getting Brendan down here. I think he will control him um, the first half of the fight. It then becomes a matter of can Allen, um, you know, turn the tide and uh, maybe, you know, get a key reversal at a time in the fight and take over. Um, because I think, you know, Muniz's cardio is a little concerning. It's not like he he's blowing people out of the water in round three. Um, a royal fight was a little suspect. The Hall fight, I think his cardio was fine in that fight. But um I just think that, uh, you know, Allen, uh, he's very comfortable being taken down and in grappling fights. We've seen him go back and forth with guys like uh, um, Dawkus, um, uh, Anthony Hernandez in LFA, and uh, even Kevin Holland on the mat. Jocko, he went back and forth on the mat. So, uh, Malcoon, he he is always going back and forth. So, if Brendan Allen gets taken down and put in a bad position, that's not going to deter him at all. He actually has a pretty good, um, you know, will in, in there, and he doesn't break as the fight goes on. So, I think... Um, I think this fight is probably going to go the full 15 minutes. And I think we're going to see, you know, a decision for one guy here, probably a Muniz. I'll I'll pick Muniz to win the first two rounds. Brendan Allen will pick a uh, have a little bit of a comeback at round three, but it won't be quite enough to win the fight. And I like the over here. I think the over one and a half, um, it's out there on some books. Um, I think that's good. Um, Two and a half. uh, I don't know, but I just think that, I mean, if this fight goes under one and a half, I think it's a Mooney's sub, obviously. Um, but as I was just mentioning about Allen, I mean, he's he's no uh, he's no fish out of water when it comes to being taken down and grappled. I think he's going to stay safe. He's going to defend. And I think he uh, will make it over one and a half rounds, uh, probably losing the decision here. But yeah, really fun fight. I, I hope uh, I hope it goes differently than I expect, because I, I would be I would be uh, excited to see Allen pull this one off. Great fight. Love it. Um, been thinking about it a bit, you know, and I've kind of like leaned towards like I want to play Allen and I want to play the over, um, because, uh, you know, Allen when you look at him like the Malcoon fight is actually like a super good analog for this fight because like the way you said it like the way like he wins this fight is you know I do think he's gonna get taken down at some point like Muniz he's just too strong. And he he has pretty good timing, you know, in the takedowns. And he's big. We're talking about his cardio. The guy cuts a lot of weight. Because when he used to compete at jiu-jitsu, he used to compete well over, you know, 200 pounds. I think he used to be in the, you know, the 220 weight class and something like that. So I could definitely see, you know, stuff like the Malcoon fight where Allen reverses him to top. And then is actually lands more dangerous strikes there. Um, 
if uh, because uh, Andre is maybe a little bit fatigued or is looking for submissions and that gives, uh, you know, Allen the opportunity to land, you know, harder strikes and all, all that um, on the feet. You know, I feel that Allen, you know, he the, the thing is, he's not going to be able to launch that body kick as often as he wants because uh, the takedown threat is there. But with the hands, you know, I do think that Allen's been improving. I like some of the strike selection, you know, a little bit. But uh, it is going to be a fight where I think it's probably better to, to wait a little bit, see what's going on, see the tempo that the fight is at. Because if Allen is to win. When I do think this fight needs to be a high tempo, you know, no matter where, whether it be a clinch or on the ground, you know, I think you want to have a high tempo and uh, against Andre Muniz, and I think you want to uh, introduce variance into it. You know, Andre wants to put you in the positions where it's low variance, where he has a lot of experience, right? The back mount, the mount, you know, even his guard, you know, stuff like that. So you want to be consistently transitioning with him, even if you might have to uh, fight off a submission attempt or two. Um, so I'm really interested in seeing the fight take place. I think Allen potentially could look, you know, good value here, but I do prefer to just ride it out, wait for a little bit, see how the fight's playing out, see how, um, frantic, uh, Muniz comes out. And I think that fights like this, uh, someone like me, like, I feel like there's, uh, definitely some advantages on the live market to be had. Um, so, you know, just be a little patient here waiting is going to be my, uh, but I might, if it goes back over 200, I think I might play Allen before. So I don't know. I think you should wait for live. I Probably think he's will. definitely going to be a better price. But live the over, the over is that over is pretty solid because Allen, he, I think he knows like his fight IQ is pretty good. And I think he knows even if, if he gets taken down early, let's say that like, okay, let's, you know, see what this guy's got. Let me feel him out a little bit and not. It's like in jujitsu when the guys get their guard passed and you tell them don't give up their back and just l let the guy score the points and they give up their back and they get choked and you're like why do you do that it was like the beginning of the round or the beginning of the match yeah it's just a matter of it's just a matter of will he get too reckless trying to escape and get subbed or will he stay safe and you know like Uriah Hall bro like he's Uriah Hall is good at like minimizing any risk you know he got his back taken but all he did was focus on defending he wasn't too worried about um you know uh actually escaping. escaping yeah but i mean there was there was times there where where i think hall escaped uh, he escaped side control once i think he might have escaped the back take or two so i mean really if uriah hall is surviving uh brennan allen should as well Muniz is a beast so, so i love i i love seeing jujitsu guys like andre Muniz. really Muniz's torso is like the craziest torso in in the ufc this guy's shoulders are like muscular and broad and wide and then his torso just like slenders down and he's got like a really small waist he, it's he's a kind of a freak athlete for sure um, would would for sure right <laughs> yeah he's got a hog on him anyway um main event time um the ukrainian nikita krylov taking on the american uh superman span uh krylov is the favorite minus 162 span plus 142 your turn to start this one off give us your thoughts on nikita krylov's first Man. ufc main event long time coming amazing right who i people used to rag on this guy like make fun of his like picture and his nickname and all these kinds of things and then he went he left the ufc a little bit for a little while to get some russian money and shit like that it was pretty pretty fascinating career nikita krilov has has lived and he's come back and what you know it's kind of crazy when you see like early on like he used to get submitted or like he got a uh, Von, uh, Soa Paleli. Yeah, Soa, Soa Paleli knocked him out. Yeah, he got knocked ago. out by him. He got Van Pru, uh, Von, Von Pru choked. Um, but now his grappling, I like. I love watching Nikita Krylov grapple because he kind of does all the extension 
instinctual things that are uh, of like a lifelong grappler. But then he also has a little bit of a mean streaker, like like his motor is like really really good, um, which I think will bode well here against Ryan Span. You know, Ryan Span, huge guy, uh, crazy long reach. Big time power has a little bit of a submission game as well. Has looked incredibly dangerous, but I like Nikita Krylov in this fight overall. You know, guys like Ryan Spann, you know, I feel, um, you know, have like bursts like this in their in their careers, but a lot of times, you know, it kind of fizzles out right as they're kind of like reaching, trying to uh, shrink together like multiple fights in a row. Um, and I think the the fight that um, Nikita could like see uh, very easily is that. Um, the uh, Anthony Smith fight, where Anthony Smith, you know, uh, he was exchanging with Ryan Spann, but what he was really, really diligent at is not letting Ryan Spann go first too often and kind of just being uh, relentless and, you know, um, just, you know, keeping control of the fight, you know, throwing out the more dangerous strikes, as opposed to a guy like um, Dominic Reyes, who is much more timid. He was not throwing first as often. He was uh, looking to kind of see what Ryan Spann was doing and then looking to kind of work off that. I think Nikita Krylov is his nature and his tendency to just be all gas, no breaks. But like I said, his cardio is actually pretty good. And he his timing is actually pretty good as well. And then he also offers the, the danger of kicks as well. Um, so I, I like him here in this fight. I think she, he, he should be able to stay safe away from the big strikes that Ryan Spann uh, throws out there. Although Ryan Spann does throw them out pretty quickly overall. I just think uh, if the fight escapes, you know, even the first like three or four minutes, I feel like the long range weapons of Nikita are going to are gonna sail him over to a victory and a finish at some point. Just because Ryan Spann, he, he's kind of like mentally, you know, mentally in his head. I feel when the fights are going away from him, he kind of doesn't stay in there, you know, as much and kind of... Uh, you know, with it as much to finish guys at the level of Nikita Krylov. Um, so, yeah, so I think he's going to win this fight. Um, you know, Ryan Spann also, you know, he hasn't made, I think he missed away his last two fights, right? I don't even think it was only the, uh, did, did he make uh, against Kudalaba? Uh, yeah, he made against Kudalaba. But I think against Smith, no, he made against Smith. Well, whatever. He he definitely has a hard time making a 205 number, okay? Um, so yeah, we'll see about this main event, how he does in this one, but I do feel if the fight escapes the first round, you know, Nikita Kurloff for sure, uh, takes it without, without too much, uh, too much of a problem. I completely agree. I think, um, I really think that Kurloff will run away with it outside of the first round. I mean, I, I would be massively, massively shocked to see Span win this fight past the 7.5 minute mark, uh, over one and a half rounds. Um, because, I mean, his cardio just doesn't hold up. Uh, he's He can be taken down. He can look a little bad on bottom. The dude is not durable at all, man. Span is fragile. Anthony Smith was putting this guy on Queer Street with every punch he landed. Every punch I Anthony I don't Smith think Queer landed. Street is an appropriate uh, term to use anymore. Bro, we're 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 not following those rules on the Martian and Ozzy podcast, bro. We should know this by now. Um yeah, we're not letting the 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 wokeness get to us, as some people will say. Um, anyway, um, Krilov, man, I mean, minus one sixty two, I think is good. I I I struggle to give Span more than thirty percent here. I mean, Span might be able to high roll his way to a finish here, uh, hurting Krilov early. But I mean, how is he gonna how is he gonna win this fight outside of one round? The guy's he's really not. Dude. He's not yeah. winning this fight after the first round. No, I, I I really I really would be would be shocked, really really shocked. To see and Span and win. Look, you you I, brought up the so that's the only time that uh he's, he's been knocked, knocked out. out. 
literally the only yeah. time, man. He, bro, Nikita Krylov is pretty good. Like, he's not a bad fighter. Like, I don't, like I was big on him against Volkan in his last fight, but I'm telling you, this guy is really solid. Like in all facets. Yeah. Like he got he got a little hurt versus Volkan early, and then he hurt Volkan that same round, and he ended the round on bottom and lost the round. But then rounds two and three, he he trucked he trucked uh, Oz, Ozdemir, and I mean Krilov's cardio. I mean this dude is definitely on EPO or something because like his cardio for a big guy is really really good. Um, just look at the way they fought uh, Johnny Walker. You know, Span fought him like a fucking idiot, swinging and flailing all over the place, gets knocked out. Krilov takes the smart, efficient approach, takes him down, drags him down over 15 minutes, and wins an easy decision there. So, I, I mean, I think that uh, Krilov's going to need to find a lucky a lucky punch in round one here, Span. or he's fucked. Span. Yes, sorry, good, good, uh, good correction. And uh, another juiced underline fight not start round four minus three hundred. I think I'm going to parlay that with the, that peak fight not going the distance because they they're basically putting this fight going more than fifteen minutes at twenty five percent. Dude, Span's heart will implode uh, past the ten minute mark with Nikita Krylov on top of him. So this shit is this shit is not going into the the championship. And I'm rounds. pretty. I feel pretty good that. Nikita is not getting guillotined. Like he will roll, yeah. flip. You know he'll do a bunch of shit to get out of there. Um, his jujitsu is getting way better, way better. I mean, yo, like, his ground game is is gotten pretty good. Yeah. So like I don't know what the hell this guy got really serious about training or something. So I don't really so. mind like playing Nikita, and then you know if you want a little bit of protection, like you put a little tiny bit on spam by KO. Um, I think Nikita. I'm I'm taking Nikita in this. Like I'm betting Nikita in this fight. Yeah. I mean, I really think span round one plus four seventy combined with uh, Krilov money line seems like a winning formula. I do feel um, though that I don't think Nikita looked to grapple uh, early. Really, I don't think he's gonna shoot um, a double leg on him though. I, I'm almost, I'm almost positive that Krilov is finishing this fight in the second or third round. Uh, so do promise. with, do what information, uh, plus six fifty plus uh, thirteen hundred. I, I would, I would, I would stab the. There's a stab the third round that's 1300 yeah i mean he's yeah i just think that uh he, uh span will implode uh if he gets that far dude the way he got submitted by anthony smith bro what the fuck was that i, I mean, mean he guy, made smith the look... guy folds the tent man i'm like you know yeah. he's dangerous early for sure like he'll you know he'll he'll knock a lot of guys like i wouldn't want to fight this guy in a bar but in a ufc fight you know i won like four units on uh, span in his last fight i mean i bet uh span round one and the under one and a half easy easy cash there and i'm selling stocks right away here there's no need to keep riding this train um he hit his win condition a few times in a row um bro i mean the last time he won a fight outside of round one was a split decision with sam alvey come on he hasn't on, really guys. fought too many Kr kickers either like i feel like yeah. Krilov. Fleet Krilov wins Krilov's fight the way better had, competition. I mean, uh, way better I, ho I hope Krilov by head kick that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, the Krilov main event era is here. And we got a great narrative going on here. We got the, the Black History Month narrative against the Ukraine. One war year, narrative. one uh, year to the day, Martian. Practically. Yeah, or or yeah, yeah. One yeah. It was started in February of twenty twenty. So like, you know, the Ukrainian history month, black uh history month, they're they're going neck and neck and they're they're squaring no off in this Ukrainian main event. History month, bro. 
uh, now, now there is. But, now um, there is. Where uh, Nikita, Nikita Krylov is starting it on Saturday night. I'll tell you that. So also the best fight of the weekend. You got uh, what's his name? Amosov. Amosov, another Ukrainian guy, actually fought in the war. Unlike Nikita, so that is a strike on Nikita's record. He's think more Russian than they're the same price right now. Ukrainian. Minus 161, minus 162. Well, how are these all coincidences? Like I'm gonna be in Dominican Republic when Jose's kicking off the card. You got, you know, twenty mm. the uh February twenty fifth, the fight card, February twenty fourth is when the war started. Come on guys, like this is these are not coincidences. I would parlay good, I would um... parlay Nikita and uh Amosov. It's a joke, but um, that's a joke. But th- that Amazon fight, is I think it'll amazing. hit. Love that. Fight. It'll hit. Um, so this week, too. I like, I like, uh, I like Joe uh, Jose Johnson money line, Charles Johnson live, uh, Victor Martinez money line, uh, and Dante May's money line, and Nikita Krylov money we, line as well. We like so, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of bets. There's a decent amount of bets this week. I feel there's a there's a, there's yeah. a solid card. This card's not bad. I mean, like I said, eleven of these fights are in the you know the minus one hundred plus one hundred range. So there's a lot of bettable lines. Not a bad there. card at all. I like you put fights like these together every week. I feel like everybody, nobody's gonna be unhappy. But when you fucking put on what was the what mm. was the shit fight last week that they put on? Nah, these fights. I mean, these fights are kind of bad. But we're looking not at we're bad. we're we're diving deep. There's seven fighters making their UFC. Yeah, debut. but they're not just, that I bad. Mean, there's, that's, that isn't necessarily always mm. bad. That's true, but I mean, so I, I I did the math on this. After this weekend, though, there will be thirty eight fighters making their UFC debut in twenty twenty three, and and like unless you're like like you're like us who are studying all these fighters and before they come in, how the fuck is anybody gonna keep up with all these new guys? I mean, just every card there's there's four, five, six. They're at that one card with the road of the UFC. There were ten fighters making their UFC debut, so it's. I don't know. We're we're in contender series season. You know, a couple months from now we'll be in the. Yeah, but I mean, last week they had Lena Landsberg. They had fucking Demba, Juan Carlito, fucking William Knight. Yeah, fights last week sucked dick. Well, Cohen Perez, Deaton Fernandez, uh, Cohen Perez. That's a great fight, dude. That's a that's a fine that's a fine fight for the women division. That's an LFA prelim. I'd rather watch that than Lena Landsberg, dog. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's off. Yeah, she, well, she retired. Well, happy retirement so she to the warden. You know, see her off. Yep. Yep. The she uh, she's no longer the elbow queen though because uh, Silva took. Yeah. That all, all, what the hell are we talking on, about this uh, story? We got a, on the Bellator card. There's some good fights in the Bellator card as well. I feel. Um, I can't give away to. I don't know any of these. My... Jeremy Kennedy. Jeremy Kennedy will probably win his. There's fight. a few fights. Like I'm interested in the. It's Carl... always fun when they go. I'm interested in the Carl Moore fight. I'm interested in the uh, the main event. Obviously, I'm interested in Logan versus Quilly. Quilly. I don't know how the fuck. Quilly. One thing I'll give uh, Bellator credit for is you can put any quality card in front of an Irish crowd, and <laughs> they'll be they'll be going crazy. I, what is like like. What is up with the UFC? Not, I mean, they just don't. They don't care about like these markets. Ireland is a big market, and that Bellator is goes that there, is you know, strange. We... They they definitely have uh, lightened it up on the uh, European cards. Like, oh, big time! Like, you, they need to get back. I don't know to what their quota was before. Like, what? But they were. I don't know. They're definitely behind on that. But I think we're gonna wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be I'll be in touch with Dana and tell him to, to get get shit in, in order. But um, all right, that'll do it, everybody. Um, hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Hope you all uh, win some bets this weekend. Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you all before the next UFC card. Peace out, everyone.